I'm Hillary. And I'm Sandra. And coming up on this episode of the Quick and the Dirty Podcast, we're going to talk all things swingers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is something completely foreign to me, so I'm really excited, Sandra. Yeah, you think about 70s when you think of swingers. What do you think? You think uh, fish bowls, and you think key parties, <laughs> and you think bell bottoms. But there's a whole new generation of swingers, and they don't go to house parties anymore. They go to swingers clubs. So what does a swingers club look like? What happens in them? Today on The Quick and the Dirty, we've got a club owner. The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. Okay, Sandra, I want to talk about something that's going on in my life right now. Uh, I am, I guess, do I have to say middle-aged? I'm a middle-aged woman. No, Hil- Hillary, actually, I say that I'm middle-aged, so you can say that you're a millennial if you don't mind. Thanks. <laughs> I'd appreciate well, it. Well, I'm like just on the cusp of being a millennial. But I've lived many years <laughs> alone in my own apartments. And now I'm finally in the process of negotiating when and what's going to happen when my boyfriend and I live together. And I got to be honest, I'm terrified. <laughs> so so wait, just to confirm, you are moving in together. At some point. Like this is a lot. Like there's some negotiation that needs to happen. Okay, and you got to figure out where you're going to live and all of those things. And I'm sure financial is part of it, too. Yeah, and whose stuff and how do we deal with the kids because he's got two girls and getting them ready. So it's like a long out sort of discussion. But we're starting to talk about what those details are going to look like. And I'm really scared, especially after what happened this weekend. Uh-oh. I, but you stay with each other all the time. I thought you had a good thing going. We do. But I was over at his house this weekend, and uh, I'm used to doing things my own way, right? And I will admit, maybe it's not the right way, but I was making <laughs> lunch, and I was reheating some leftovers. It was like lasagna and garlic bread. And I put the garlic bread into the toaster to reheat it, and uh, it was not approved. And I think about, like, the small little things that are going to drive each other crazy. And I know I'm going to let them down. What? Okay, first of all, have you ever lived with anybody before ever? I had lived with a boyfriend for a couple of years, and I've had roommates, but it's not the same. It's not this. You're absolutely right. It's not the same, especially when you know when you live together. This is a long-term thing. Right. Well, and hopefully, and- if I don't screw it up royally. <laughs> so if the garlic toast didn't break you up already, I feel like this is good. Really? Because I feel like <laughs> it's just tipping the balance of, of what's going to happen. So uh, Chris, he's a really great guy. He's super organized. He's very clean. We are different people. Let's just say <laughs> You're different people, Hillary. You're, are you not super, you know, you're not super organized, but I could think of you as a very clean and neat person. I am clean, but I'm okay with my own mess. All, we all are, but but he's not. Right? He, everything has a place. It goes in that place. And if it doesn't get put in that place, you are a lunatic. There's something wrong with you. Oh, he's the male Marie Kondo? Is that what he is? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, I God. think he started folding like that before she did. <laughs> oh, God. I'm scared for you, Hillary. I'm <laughs> like, so just, terrified. And I'm not looking down on him because I see him as pretty perfect, right? Yeah. But I... I I think that I'm going to fuck this up in some way. <laughs> so you're, you're you're looking at it wrong, first of all, because you're saying that you're worried that he, you're going to disappoint him. He should be worried, and I bet he is to some extent, that he's going to disappoint you. Like, why, though? How could he possibly disappoint me? He's the chief organizational officer of my life. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps you on track? Oh, yeah. But those are the naggy people, aren't they? Oh. 
so like he's they like the wife you. in most relationships, and I'm like the fun dad. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I don't like <laughs> naggy people because naggy people are the worst, and, and naggy people always want things. I know because my seventeen. Are you a naggy person? Ah. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's continue to talk about you. <laughs> I can't. I'm naggy when it comes to messes, and I right. live in a house with three men, and they're all disgusting. And if I could choose, I would build a second house for myself, and I would live alone. So I, you actually think I'm crazy? I don't know why anybody would want to <laughs> cohabitate with anyone of the same or opposite sex when you have you live in you are living the perfect situation right now. You have a great man in your life who you only see on weekends, which means every time you see him, you probably have hot sex still because the absence makes the heart grow stronger and you don't have yep. to... Okay, so there's that. And now you want to get together with him and start paying bills with him? What's wrong with you? <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? He's go- he, you're going to see... You're going to see things you don't want to see. You're going to see his beard clippings in the uh, sink. No, I won't because he's perfect. We have been dating <laughs> for over three years. I have never heard that man fart except when he's sleeping. Well, okay. <laughs> That's going to change. That gets a pass in my mind. But you're going to get Dutch oven the first night. As soon as you get there, he's going to stick you in and he's going to Dutch oven you because men are disgusting. They're he's all not, disgusting. Though. That's I'm disgusting. <laughs> I'm worried that all these things that I've managed to hide because we only see each other for like two days a week are going to come out. Like the fact that when I leave his house after a weekend, I'm pretty sure I could pilot my car on the gas that I have collected in my body. <laughs> So you don't, you don't, um, you don't in front of him? No, unless it's like, A, I'm sleeping or it's an accident. Have you ever been sleeping and accidentally let one loose, but you kind of were half awake and caught it? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And you kind of look over to see if they like, did he wake up? Did he move? And he knows for the sake of our relationship, he needs to pretend he did not hear it. (laughs) Did the bed rumble? Did you feel that? That I think there's something going on at the plant up the street. (laughs) They're blasting out of the river today. Oh, shut the windows. The horn's going off. Um, (laughs) So you guys, I, I, you guys don't fart in front of each other. No. No. Oh, my God, Hillary. You can't move in with them. <laughs> you can't move in with them. You can't hold it in for that long. Well, okay, can- I mean, I do get a pass. When we have the girls, they'll fart in front of anyone. So of you can usually pass one off on them or my dog. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to get more dogs. Right, That's the first thing right. you need to do. What about using the bathroom for uh, a big job? What do you do <laughs> a then? Big you job. Just- we have one bathroom. Okay. Oh, this I you're giving me anxiety. Do not move in with him, please. <laughs> Hillary, you can't handle you're not ready. Uh the things that I also worry about are space. Like I don't have a drawer in the bathroom. There's very little closet space. It's gonna become a full throwdown. Like he's gotta get ready to have four shirts in that upstairs closet because I'm taking over. <laughs> I've seen the way you put yourself together in hotel rooms. We've traveled together a little bit. I've seen just your hair products alone. <laughs> I don't know that he's going to be able to hand, handle Hillary in his bathroom. Right. I, I think we need to buy a new house. <laughs> I think you need. Just listen. Listen to me. Get like a duplex. 
He can live in the top apartment, you can live in the bottom, and then you can just, you'll be like a sister wife, you know, just ki- on odd nights you can visit each other. But you don't want to, God, if I could redo, and if I could just like redefine my marriage, the first thing I would do is say, you can, we'll be married, but please live in a different house. <laughs> or a diff- go to a, get your own bedroom, give me my own bathroom, and uh, don't bother me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Why can't you make Tim share with the boys? Uh, I, you know what? It never even dawned on me. I, he's, I, I, I hate sharing a bathroom with a man. I find them to be vile creatures. I apologize to any men who are listening, but sometimes the truth hurts. (laughs) You're vile creatures to me. And my, and my children are vile men. But they all use the same products. It would make way more sense to just shove them in one bathroom. Yes, it does make more sense. You're absolutely right. Just the shaving cream thing alone is just too much. And the razor action. And you know what else? Um, One of my children, or probably it's Tim, doesn't flush when they tinkle. So there's always something yellow in the toilet. Like, it's disgusting. It's a yellow, let it mellow. It's Tim cheap, because that's a cheap thing. Tim's not cheap. Tim's just lazy. There's a difference. (laughs) He doesn't care. He'll spend $400 on a pair of tickets to a baseball game, but the man can't flush a toilet because he wants to save seven cents. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) All right. So back to me. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So okay. Okay. So again, you think this is a good idea? I'm really nervous. Okay. I will also admit that my boyfriend has nicknamed me Ramrod and there's nothing sexual about it. It's because... (laughs) What happened? It's because he thinks that I am particularly rough with things, like belongings. (laughs) So if we're in the bathroom and the toilet seat is up, I will knock it down, not place it down. (laughs) Because it's gross. And I don't want to touch it for the whole two seconds to bring it down. Are you an accidental slammer or is it just your way? It's just my way. Like the microwave, I swing it shut. I don't shut it with my hand. (laughs) Like he says that I shut the back door like I slam it. I'm slamming. (laughs) I don't know my own strength. You don't know your own strength. So why is this an issue? Because I feel like I'm going to break stuff. Um, His stuff. Because, like, yes, the idea of it is that it will be both of our stuff, but I'm going to feel like it's his stuff. And then I'm going to feel like crap. And he'll be super nice about it because he is. And then he'll just continue to be more perfect. And I'll feel continually more crappy. And you think that he's going to have, like, a buildup of all of these emotions about all the things that you're doing wrong? Well, I would, but he's perfect. So, no. Then what's the problem? I, I just, I feel like less of a human. You can, if he's a perfect guy, he'll forgive you farting, Hillary, also. Let's get back to that. He'll just forgive it. He's perfect. He'll just forgive it. Do uh, it. Just start, and then you don't have a problem. Because that the first time you, like, start doing that in front of your partner, can it's, it's it, there's something um, freeing. If you haven't seen a video on YouTube called Breaking the Barrier, I suggest you Google it right now. You will die. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hillary, um, you're, you're doing this, huh? Yeah, well, I've got some time. Still negotiating. <laughs> That's the first thing that you should do is sit down and say, okay, here's how it's going to be. Uh, here <laughs> so are not negotiate, just tell them. <laughs> just, here are my boundaries, and, and don't nag me about this, 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 and this, and this, and I, I get to do this, and this, and this, and this. I don't think he's a nagger. I just, I feel like I'm going to mess up. Um, I think you're too hard on yourself. Also, just get over it and I think own it. I think he's no, I think he's probably going to mess up, too. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. 
Okay, we are very ready for today's guest on the podcast. Who wants to talk about swinging and not your mom and dad's kind of swinging with the fishbowl and the key parties? We're talking about... Is that what our mom and dads did? Oh, yeah, all of our moms and dads did. They just don't cop to it. Are you kidding? <laughs> you imagine? Um, uh, please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast, Mark Clarou, who is the co-owner of Ottawa's only Swingers Lounge Obsessions. Hello, Mark. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you. Hello. Where do you start on a podcast with swinging? Because I feel like I have about a million questions to ask you. Yeah, well, I mean, I could talk, but uh, the questions are better. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't know where to start either. It happened pretty quick. Okay, Mark, how did you become the owner or co-owner of a swingers club? I was dissatisfied with the level of swinging that was available in Ottawa up until I opened my own place. Oh. So you are, in fact, a swinger then? I was attending. I was, this is a long time. It was 18 years ago. And I was attend, uh, attempting to do it with my uh, then wife. And uh, we just kept on hitting dead ends. I thought I could make this better. Is, is it because, uh, not that there weren't any swingers, is it because that they were so underground at the time that you just couldn't find a way to organize? Yeah, it was very underground. In fact, when the news came out and said, we've legalized swinging in Canada, I was like, oh, it was illegal? I, I had no idea. <laughs> and, uh, wait, wait, it was illegal? Yeah, before 2006. What? Yeah, it was uh, Lorage in Montreal. Actually, it was raided, and it went to the Supreme Court, and they decided that nobody was being hurt. Why should it be illegal? And uh, they officially legalized or decriminalized, however they may have worded it, uh, swinging between in uh, public, consenting right? In public, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Making, of course, yeah, the act itself wasn't illegal, but it was that people were going to bars. Yeah, Kaylee, people swap all the time in their homes, <laughs> all the yeah. time at dinner parties, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, taking it outside of a privately owned property is complicated, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, there were, uh, they were all underground. It was invitation only. You had to be uh, vetted by the owners. Uh, and, and I just thought it was all, uh, you know, keeping it kind of private. I didn't know why they were asking me so many questions. I had no idea that it was actually illegal. So when you started Ottawa's first mm. and only still Swingers Club. Oh, it wasn't the first. Oh, it, was it wasn't just the, the first. Better. No, there was, it was the better. Yeah. Okay, so when you started the Swingers Club, what were what was what were your what was your goal? Uh, well, to provide a, a better atmosphere. I, I mean, I thought the place I was going to in Ottawa was great until I visited clubs in Toronto. I was like, oh wow, we got a dump. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, there was two actually operating here, one in Gatineau and one here. And uh, I approached the owners of both, saying I have some ideas to make it better. I was told to mind my own business pretty much, and I, it wasn't well received. I said, well, the hell with it. I'll just put it together myself. So you started your own swingers joint. I, that's the way I do everything. I mean, I'm a tattoo artist, and I learned how to tattoo because I went and got a tattoo. I said, I could do this, and I built a tattoo <laughs> machine and started tattooing. Of course, I was wrong, but years later, I'm right now. But, so uh, you decide to open a, a swingers club. What goes into putting one of these together? Uh, well, I looked at a lot of clubs. Uh, uh, First off, it was the space. My first one that I opened was uh, on Canatech Road. It was an industrial park, and it's empty after six o'clock. So I just kind of converted a warehouse. Uh, I did, a, I, made, I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't have a liquor license. I mean, the police were always visiting and, uh, I tried my best just to run a, like a quiet little private club for people to go to. And, uh, I slowly learned what the people want and, uh, they want high end. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a well-to-do crowd. It's not a, a month to month, uh, 
income family that that attend swing it. They're well established couples who are, uh, you know, in good jobs, married a long time, and and they have money to spend, and they want to spend it on a place that's classy. Right, and discretion is the key. Absolutely. Although it's becoming more and more open, uh, a lot more swingers are actually uh, identifying now. Huh. <laughs> wow, this is so new to me. Uh, okay. My question is this, etiquette and rules, because I see that on your website. Yeah. And I, I, you should see the list of rules and the list of etiquette, uh, the, the yeses and nos. I guess over time this has be- become a trial and error kind of thing where you figure it out what's right and what's wrong for people, right? It has, and it's also a very self-policing uh, lifestyle. Uh, people, they, they like going to these places and they want it to run smoothly, so uh, they, they stay on top of uh, keeping the rules in check with each other. Right, because it's about safety as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're not doing this uh, on your own as a single person. You're doing this with your partner who you love and respect, and you want to make sure that both of you are safe. So you and your partner decide to try swinging. You come to the club. What are the basic rules and things you should expect? Uh, basic rules and things. So it's been a while since I've been asked this. <laughs> But, uh, you know, people are normally coming in. I just tell them the first visit to kind of look around, get a feel for the place, uh, arrive early so you can see everything so you don't just accidentally walk in on something, you know, get a lay of the uh, the, the floor plan of the club, uh, and then watch. Just watch how people are interacting. And uh, if you are uh, a couple that looks approachable and nice, you know, uh, make eye contact, people will approach you. They'll approach you and talk to you. Are there different rooms for different types of sex? Uh not in my place. My place is kind of a, an open concept with one private room. Uh, we get a lot of exhibitionism and voyeurism. But, uh, the, the private room, of course, is very, very popular with the new people. They don't want to, especially the guys, it's a hard time performing in front of a crowd the first time. It took me a year. Before that, I was like playing pool with a piece of rope. It's just frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you got to work your way into it. <laughs> yeah, you got a crowd. Not, not a lot of people are used to doing it in front of a crowd. I yeah, get that. I'm head to toe tattoos. Everybody was watching. I have 40 oh. people watching. I, was like, I died in the saddle. I said, like, let's just fake it, then go home and do it for real. <laughs> <laughs> I just grunted and groaned on top of her for a, what I felt like was an appropriate amount of time. And <laughs> I was so, so embarrassed. So what, <laughs> I'm getting so red now. I, was, <laughs> wow, I didn't time it, but it felt like forever. I mean, once it starts to feel like exercise, finish up. <laughs> oh, so you've got a bit. So there's like a lot of people just having the sex all over the place in your club in that in that grand room. In the back area, yeah. If you came into the front part, I mean, you occasionally see uh, blowjobs and that, but uh, most of the sex happens in the back, and the front is just seems like a very friendly club where lots of people are touching each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then the private room, how many, I'm sorry, just to understand it further, how many people would have sex in a private room? What's the, what, How big of a room are well, we talking about? It's a room not too uh, dissimilar to this. I mean, 10 by 11, uh, 12. Oh, okay. So one couple could be in there. Two couples, two, two couples, couples, but we've had uh, six people in there and uh, maybe seven on single guy night. So you could, oh, hello, uh, <laughs> so you could jam, you could jam seven people in there. Yeah, there's a queen size bed and <laughs> some room to stand around like... the bed. Yeah. <laughs> if you do it right, there's no jamming anything. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> single men. Yes. What? Okay. So I thought a swingers club is for couples. You can go in there as singles. Well, uh, in Ottawa, especially, we have a lot of cuckold couples, and uh, some 
guys just like to see a train of men on their wife and uh, we accommodate. Now, of course, that's the only night we ever have difficulty because <laughs> the men do, uh, I don't know if it, it triggers something primal, but uh, there's always seemed to be a little bit of a competition when you get a bunch of guys and one woman. And was it not allowed before because of the safety sort of side of things or why had it never been open to more men before? Because I would assume women can go in on their own. Yeah, women can go in on their own, but uh, a lot of, I guess it's the territorial thing with men. A lot a lot of couples won't show up on single guy night because they just don't want to be approached by single men. They prefer the uh, the equal swapping over. But uh, we do have a fair-sized crowd uh, that they're desiring the single male. Uh, so there are a lot, I mean, I'm just looking at your etiquette mm-hmm. and I see that discretion is paramount. Absolutely. Uh, do not ever identify anybody outside of the club as a club member. Okay. Although we don't really have a big problem with that. It's, you know, how do you approach, uh, guess who I saw at the swingers club this weekend? You were at the what? And, and, you know, it kind of takes care of itself in that sense. So this is like fight club. <clears throat> yeah. Nobody talks about fight club. <laughs> yeah, Okay. exactly. It And, and, also, should things go south, which a couple of times they have, you're not supposed to uh, tell a, an identifying story about these people outside of the club. Right. So if you're like no. gossiping about what you did on the weekend, you can't be like, oh, and then Yeah, don't share say it details. was with Mr. and Mrs. X. You just keep it. You can talk about your own experience, but don't identify anybody else. Has anyone ever had a privacy issue or has it been pretty good? Uh, it's been pretty good because, like I said, you're self-identifying as well. After that, right? Plus, it would completely put you in the outs with the entire community. And even though I have more than 8,000 members from the city in my club, it's relatively a small community if you think about it. I'm sorry, 8,000 is a pretty big number. It is. Uh, We get out-of-town visitors as well. Right. So they come in and they do their thing. So those aren't people who come in every week per se. They just come in whenever they feel like, you know, Yeah, but we do have regulars. They go nowhere else. Right. And in fact, uh, I did as well. The first year of uh, swinging, I attended, even though I did nothing there, I attended every single Saturday just because of the ambiance. It's a it's a bar that nobody tries to pick up your girl when you're not looking. Nobody gets in a fight. I mean, uh, I've been four years at this location, not one fist fight. And, and for a bar that serves alcohol, that's remarkable. You, you have a hard time doing that in a diner, let alone a, <laughs> a nightclub. That's true. You, mm-hmm. you, you think of all the places that would have drama, it would be a swingers club. But yeah, there are people yeah. going in with the intention of sharing their partner, right? It, they do. It doesn't always work out. I've seen people drive away. You can hear them yelling in the car at each other if something went wrong. Or, you know, sometimes people get in a little too quick and they're not quite ready for it. Uh, you really have to prepare yourself. You really have to have an open line of communication with your partner before you even tempt something like this. Before going to the club, you have to sit down and have a talk. So if you say, if you, you're right about that. Obviously, communication is a big part of any mm-hmm. healthy relationship. How do you, I mean, as someone who obviously is a swinger, was a swinger, how do you say to your partner, I think I want to swing? Like, how do you broach that subject? Because yeah. you could be destroying your marriage by saying that. Well, it, it was dropped in in my lap. Now it's easy. I just meet a girl and I say, yeah, I go to swingers club. And then it's, the question answers itself. But <laughs> initially, <clears throat> what had happened was uh, I was married to a girl who had very little experience and she came to me and said you know i'd really like to start experiencing more and uh we of course got into the topic of threesomes and i was like well hell yeah <laughs> so she was we went online and we were talking to these girls and, and all of a sudden we were approached by a married couple who discussed with us like you know what about all four of us get together and i was like whoa, whoa hang on a second and, uh, the idea of another dick in the room was kind of freaking me out at the time <laughs> <laughs> and then 
we kind of warmed up to it, and uh, we did what was called soft swap. So soft swap was the girls play and would perform oral on the men, but we would not have full sex with the other partner. And it just seemed a, an easier way to to just kind of inch our way into the lifestyle. That at that so time, to speak. yeah, <laughs> at that time I didn't even know it was a lifestyle. It was just like some cool shit that I was going to do with the girl I'm with. I was like, all right, this is like living the dream. So that's just a, that's a that's a blowjob swap is basically what that is. Yeah, oral swap, full oral swap. Like, yeah, you uh, do me, I do you. Yeah, yeah, with for the, all four. Uh, right. Yeah, with the guy sitting on the furthest away they can from each other because right. even though there's a lot more bisexuality now in the, in the lifestyle. 20 years ago, it was still uh, very shunned for any man-on-man contact. But it's it's really changed. I mean, I've seen it over the last 20 years. I've seen that it's definitely a lot more full bisexual couples. Where do you think couples go wrong when they head into the swinging lifestyle? Like, where does it fall apart? When it falls apart, I think it's mostly because uh, they haven't really expressed all of their desires with each other and uh, set down firm and hard ground rules. I mean, you have to have boundaries, and each couple is going to have different boundaries. Some couples don't kiss opposite sex, so the, the, other, the wives won't kiss the other husbands. That's a big rule for a lot of couples uh, that's too intimate. Uh, you have some people who are just absolute no-go on anything anal. And uh, it, which is great for my club because it's messy. So I, I'm, I support that rule. I'm oh. going to put that on, on record. Absolutely support the no Thank you, Mark, rule. so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you have all these uh, little tiny things and, and that can bug some people. And if you don't express it, you don't talk about it, and you see your partner doing it, and you get this uh, uncontrolled feeling of jealousy, and it's not really your fault, it's not her fault, it's not the other couple's fault, you just didn't talk enough, and you should have laid this down beforehand. Okay, I've got to go back to the messy thing because I've been thinking about this <laughs> since Sandra said we were getting you on the podcast. The, one of my biggest phobias is cleanliness. Like mm-hmm. if there's uh, any fun had in my own bed with my own partner, the sheets get changed afterwards. Like I'm a serious clean freak. So when I thought about what it would be like in in a sex club, a swingers club, how do you maintain cleanliness like as you said some things are messy i would say the same way a hotel does i mean we have mattress protectors we have lots of sheets lots of towels we provide condoms Uh, we did provide the female condom which is much better but everyone kept stealing them so now (laughs) we just provide regular condoms but i suggest everybody should be using the female condom um have you ever walked around your club in the dark with a blue light No, because you need to spray it first with luminol before you, the okay. blue light will work. The sperm does not naturally glow in the black light. Okay, I see. I've clearly watched way too much CSI. Yeah, well, that little bottle they spray on at first, that's right. not the sperm. That's uh, that's the chemical that will react with the right, sperm. Right. Yeah. So you know, like, you have all those things supplied. And mm-hmm. I would assume at the end of the night, there's, like, a really serious deep clean that happens. Yep. Do you have to do that? No. I know I wouldn't be the owner if I had to do that. I just be like the guy that hangs the coats up. I uh, we have a company that comes in and cleans. We have a, a linen company, uh, and again, it's uh, self policing. The people are usually pretty good with uh, wrapping up their old sheet, putting it into our provided laundry baskets that the uh, linen company picks up. Uh, the condoms we have little garbage cans everywhere. I mean. It, people aren't collecting this stuff and whipping it across the room. It's usually maintained to the area that the action's in. So it, it doesn't get 
that dirty. <laughs> I could see Hillary wa- walking in with a white glove. <laughs> I'm just we keep like... it a clean place. I mean, our place is oh, all no, white. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's not even like... It's not so much that it is dirty. Like, I'm the person, when I go to a hotel room, I take all of the comforters and stuff off the bed because those mm-hmm. don't get washed. If it's, like, a sheet-covered down duvet, I can't handle it. I don't sleep. <laughs> like We don't have those items. We just have the sheets, <laughs> uh, the mattresses. We don't have pillows. We have a, a queen-size mattress on a wooden frame that has been triple-reinforced. With uh, mattress protectors and clean white sheets over top of that. But and let's, lots of towels. Okay, and let's be clear. Not everybody's having the sex on the bed. I mean, I bet you, I mean, see, when I think of but the we have leather club, couches. Yeah, right. And, and well, they're easy good. to clean. They yeah. sure are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have any fabric furniture over there. Well, see, this is not uh, even the image that I have. When I think of a swingers joint, I think you walk in and you see people bent over the bar stools getting it from behind no. all over the place. No, no, no. no. Oh, it's, well, there's it's goes a my fantasy. It's a nightclub in the front and then the party's in the party's rear. Party's in the back? Yeah. <laughs> my place is a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, Hillary, have, have your cleanliness questions been answered? Yes and no, because, like, I don't know. The floor gets scrubbed. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Some people you just never please, but uh, we keep it very clean. I mean, I wouldn't have any issue in going in there and having sex in my own club. It's uh, Although I don't right. because I would just be approached by way too many people and I'd if I refuse oh, them, they won't. I was going to say that's right. a tough yeah. story, Mark. What a sad story. <laughs> Too many people will want to have sex. Well, you don't want to say yes awful. to everybody. You know, I mean, there are people right. you want to say no to, but you don't want to either because they're members and they're also my friends. And yeah, it's it mixing business tricky. with pleasure. Yes, so I do not play yeah. at my own club. Let's just say that if I ever took a foray into this lifestyle, mm-hmm. I'd be like doing the early bird special so that I got the clean. Go at the club. Oh, yeah. Some people like go in there PM. and they're finished by 9.30. You know, yeah. well, we open at 9. They're in there and they're out by 9.30. Everything's been taken care of and, and they're gone. They're first to the game. Those are the yeah. efficient ones. The yes. efficient swingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in, like, oh, these out. guys are great. As long as they buy eight drinks. <laughs> so let's talk about feelings. Uh, <laughs> I know men love talking about feelings. Yeah, all right. Well, you talk about couples and they have to have this great line of communication. Mm-hmm. They agree to go to a swingers club. But let's talk about you going to a swingers club and... And then things can go south between a couple. How could things go south between a couple at a swingers club? Mostly if they have too many drinks and they just do more than they agreed on. So before going to the club, you should set your boundary. Okay, okay. today we're uh, we're just going to watch people in the back. You get five or six drinks, you're feeling brave, you're watching people, somebody approaches you, next thing you know, uh, a blowjob happens and you're going home having the discussion, I thought we agreed you know, and and again, that's just the base of that is communication. Is most of the issue jealousy <laughs> and insecurity? At first, absolutely at first, and uh, and then most couples that are new, they go through it, finding somebody compatible is a full time job. So, a lot of common fights that I've heard between couples is oh, twenty four hours a day you're on the damn computer looking for a couple, uh, but that's what it takes. I mean, it's a lot of work to find somebody compatible if you're looking for that one couple to swing with on the regular. If you don't care and you just show up to the weekend, uh, the club every weekend and have sex with whoever is appealing, you could avoid that. But uh, there are a lot of people who just want to meet one couple and then develop a mini relationship with that one couple. They don't want to have uh, 150 partners. They want to swing, but they still want to, you know be ethical uh, and you know it nobody wants to to sleep with a thousand people like on the day-to-day don't they mark 
<laughs> I wouldn't think so. I mean, I, I don't want a thousand partners. <laughs> right. But you, uh, it's a lot of work. When you, you know, that's what swinging is the way you just described it to me that you have two couples or three couples who mm-hmm. have a, a common interest, and that is having consensual open sex with each other and and i mean in a perfect world but don't you run the risk of love and feelings and falling in love and isn't that a little bit scary you can uh people sometimes will graduate to uh, a polyamory lifestyle and uh, if that's not for them sometimes they just step back from the swinging community for a year or two or for good Uh, some people come in and dabble and then get out and this was their the phase in their relationship where they just kind of opened up a little bit and and, and it's made them stronger afterwards. Other people just swing for three, four months, take three months off. Uh, they're doing it like in cycles. Now, they, they, you know, if you're open and communicate a lot, you can uh, kind of read your relationship. You know what's going to be healthy for you and your partner uh, uh, with the work of your partner, of course, and uh, make these sort of decisions. I, I oh. can't counsel everybody, but I try to help. <laughs> right. Okay, we've talked about feelings enough. I want to get to the really freaky shit. What have you seen? What would you say is the freakiest thing you've seen in your club? Like, that, that, that's a tough question because there's stuff that just made my blood run cold, and then there was stuff like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. That's a new one on me. So, uh, you know, to, to go to both ends, uh, there's two couples that came in. They were both new, and uh, they were drinking an awful lot. And uh, the one girl, they're nervous, right? So a lot of times you throw down a little more alcohol to give yourself a little more bravery. Well, the one girl overdid it a bit, and she went into the washroom, and uh, the husband from the other couple says, oh, I'll check on her. And he went into the washroom, and they were gone for a little while. So I decided to go into the washroom and look, and the one girl is vomiting in the toilet while the guy is finger blasting her from behind. And I'm like, all right, this isn't cool. (laughs) I said, dude, you got to stop doing that because your partner's out there. First off, they don't know what's going on. Secondly... She's throwing up. I mean, like she's not able to consent at that point. Uh, yeah, but she wiped her mouth and said it was fine. I'm like, no, nah, it's not no, fine. Not- <laughs> so I don't want this stuff going on in here because that's going to reflect poorly on me. And uh, so you're going to cut that shit out now. <laughs> also, can I just say something? I've never, I've never really heard the expression finger blasting before. So thank oh, you for that. Well, I got a million of them. <laughs> well, I don't. I live in the suburbs. <laughs> uh, uh, there's, uh, I, okay, I use a so, lot of these. Uh, okay, so these I like. And what else? You, were, you had another story. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I saw two couples go up into the room and uh, I do security walkthroughs. I mean, you could call them security. I'm not really security, but just it makes people feel safe and uh, I don't have a better term for it. So I go walking through and I see these two couples and they've now um, switched partners. Uh, they're still in the oral stage of the, of the play. And uh, the other guy suddenly leans over and, and starts performing oral on the first man. And he's lifting his arms and looking down going, oh, totally not into this, buddy. And I stopped to make sure that no violence would follow. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) So the other guy's still working it. And the fella keeps telling him, nope, not my thing. I'm not not into this. Of course, his partner is now busying herself looking into her purse for whatever. I mean, she just bailed on him. And the other guy's partner, she's there with a big smile like, yeah, we're going to get it on now. And uh, I was covering my mouth. I'm like, oh, man, I got to tell someone. <laughs> I went downstairs <laughs> to tell my partner. I was like, you don't believe what I just saw upstairs. But, I mean, it's cool because it didn't end in a fight. But, uh, yeah, somebody just went ahead and he, he took that liberty. 
that <laughs> he assumed the other guy was also bisexual. Yeah, it was a good laugh. It was so funny because I, I know that guy, and I know he's, he's very straight, but he's a very cool guy. <laughs> I mean, he didn't freak out. He was just like, nope, not my thing. Yeah. And later on, I saw him at the bar having an, a, a beer, and I was like, yeah, sorry about your luck up there. He's like, oh, you saw that? <laughs> he went instantly, right? He's like, don't tell anyone. I was like, dude, I'm telling the world because it's funny, but I won't say your name. Huh? <laughs> You heard it here first, yeah. uh, or you didn't. Uh, what about um, getting thrown out of a swingers club? Like, what what does it take for someone to get yeah. thrown out? First, asking, uh, touching without asking. That's number one. Uh, you know, just because the woman is performing oral and her ass is in the air, it doesn't give you the right to stick something in her. And uh, that was the problem with some of the single men. They just walked by and uh, took a few liberties. And uh, we've weeded out most of them. They're, they're banned for life. And uh, this set a good example for the other single guys, and, you know, the behavior is uh, really improved. Is there ever a way back in if you've made a mistake? Uh, I suggest groveling, but, I mean, we haven't let anybody back in. Usually, uh, you know, because anybody that they did something to comes and sees them there again, uh, it kind of would hurt the club's reputation for taking care of their members. How do you guys really police consent? Consent something we've heard a lot about in the news this year. And even this situation with uh, Aziz Ansari and, like, the bad date that went wrong and it's kind of questionable consent. How do you guys really police that and protect the people who are in your club? Well, we only have the one private room, so everything's out in the open. And the private room, we uh, really keep a watch on who's going in and out of that room. And I keep the key so I can walk into it any time. I can hear things through the door. Uh, my previous club, we just put uh, velvet rope across the doorways. We didn't have closed locking doors. Uh, and again, like I said, we just have the one. So, uh, it's kind of easy. And, and, and again, nobody wants to really ruin their reputation in a small community. So people are really well behaved. And, and these are, like I said, the, uh, they're good couples. They're not, uh, you know, they're not just anybody off the street. These are people in longstanding relationships who are, you know, we get a lot of teachers. <laughs> I guess they just don't want a bad <laughs> reputation in their life. You know, a lot of, a lot of teachers. Uh, okay, here's another thing. I, you tell me if this is a misconception. Uh, you talk about multiple people having sex. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had like a full-blown orgy breakout? Uh, yeah. And also do orgies New break Year's. out. <laughs> New Year's is a flesh train. It's uh, it gets pretty Sorry. intense. It's a flesh years. train, Hillary. Oh, yeah. that? <laughs> That's a new one for me. Yep. Uh-huh. Finger blasting flesh train. <laughs> okay. Add them to your glossary. You'll be pulling these out. Like it just people. <laughs> we should do a Q in the D glossary of terms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. New words, new words. Uh, so you had a full flesh train breakout on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Every New Year's for years, even when I was just a member attending clubs, uh, New Year's is, uh, you know, new year, new me, let's do this. You know, I know <laughs> we've just been attending the club for a year, but tonight I'm taking off all my clothes and I'm not even going to know who had sex with me. And it's one of those things. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, and and voyeurism. Let's talk about voyeurism. Yeah. Can, yeah. We get a like lot of voyeurs here. What percentage of people are watchers versus doers? I'm going to say that's probably 80-20. Um, I mean, we get a lot more watchers. Uh, it's harder per- to perform. So you get a small percentage of uh, very confident men who, uh, but I guess Viagra and Cialis would probably change that, but uh, they'll just get full on hard and, and perform right in the middle of everybody. And, and the watchers, they get excited. So when I first opened the club, you know, 
people were having a hard time getting started. Uh, I have a big glass shower, and I go in there, suds myself up, pull at the half mast, and get the party going. <laughs> <laughs> Try to you know you, you spark a little bit. If they got something to watch, they tend to do more. So it starts off with one person, one couple having sex, and twenty people are watching. And halfway through that, you know the. Uh, at least eight of them have already started undressing each other and joining into the fray. If you, let's say you are, can you, can you go to a strip joint or a strip joint, a swingers club and always be a watcher? I mean, yes. or is there, there's no rule about, well, you have to participate one out of 10 times. No. Right. No, no, you can just always not. go and be a voyeur if that's what you do. I've had people who have been members since I opened my first one have never done anything at the club and they never miss a Saturday. Really? Yeah. They just, well, they, yeah. They okay. just said they enjoy it. And myself, I attended a full year before I was able to do anything. And uh, that was mostly performance anxiety. But, you know, nobody said a word to me about uh, not taking part. I would imagine there are a lot of couples that dream or fantasize about it, but really just want the inspiration. And then they go home and get excited or even in the car. Yeah, they use it as live porn and they just go home. They stick strictly to each other. Uh, they call themselves dysfunctional swingers, but we have a lot who don't swing with anybody. They just like to be there, show off, watch others, and uh, they will only touch each other. Has there been a lot of drama between swingers couples? Because, no. you know, once you get the feelings and then you did this with her and whatever, and people maybe, you know, get banned or whatever from the club because of poor behavior that way? It happens, but not at the club. The club, when you're going to the club, you have a different mindset. Plus, you're in front of everybody else. Uh, people are not really airing their dirty laundry, so to speak. Okay. Now, I know you had <clears throat> said earlier that you put a lot of prevalence on safety. You provide condoms. For a while, you provided female condoms, which were better. You're really into keeping a clean club. But I'm sure some people have fetishes where that is not their thing. Oh, have yeah, yeah. Cream pie fetishes, everything. And that's just a user beware sort of right. thing. Right. Has there ever been an outbreak among people who are not careful? Uh, well, you know, I've not, uh, I've not seen it. If it's happened, it's been very quiet but the one time I attended a club and they did have a, a sexual uh, health educator that was there and uh, was just doing a kind of a poll I guess for their own research or whatever within the swinging community I started asking him questions and I said uh, you know it, is it like a, a really big thing with all the STDs and he, he told me that if he's at the clinic and somebody comes in who identifies as a swinger and has something that they see an outbreak immediately after and uh I do know that a lot of the older uh, couples uh, got on in years, they tend to be less concerned about safety than the younger ones. Well, because they don't have to worry about pregnancy. Pregnancy and I guess the uh, STD problem just wasn't uh, as big an issue for them. And they figure they're meeting other, uh, you know, married couples in longstanding relationships uh, that they're not really in a high risk category. But with the older couples now mixing, because we're getting a huge influx of young couples coming in. People who are just dating are actually now starting to swing. And, uh, you know, it increases, of course, the uh, the risks. Yeah, I, I know younger people in their 20s who who start every new relationship that are unmarried, and, and they are all about polyamory and swinging and all this stuff. And it's, uh, do you find that there is, it, it's, is it, is it a fad because it's because other people are so open about it? Could be a fad. I mean, uh, it's been going now for I say two years. We've had a real uh, really? boost of, of youth, and 
at first they were feeling uncomfortable. I mean, the, our main demographic was between 35 and 45. And, uh, of course, we do have older and these young couples come in, look around and be like, Ew. <laughs> it's like, you know, when I first went to a swingers club, I was 24. The first couple that approached me, hey, you guys looking to play? Like, why? You have any kids? Like, wow. It's just, it was, there was a huge gap. But uh, that gap is now closing rapidly. What kind of stuff do people partake in in your club? I mean, we get the sex part, but what about kinky people? Yeah, we have a BDSM once a month. And uh, the swinging community and the BDSM community have not always gotten along. Uh, BDSM is a, a lot of, um, you know, the whipping and spanking and not so much with the sex. So the swingers have been more involved in uh, the sex aspect of it. But uh, they're slowly starting to come together, and uh, we're seeing a lot of overlay between the two now. So we had somebody tied to the cross and whipped on a regular swinger Saturday night, which four years ago that would be unheard of. And now you're seeing it all the time. We had to put uh, tie-down points on some of the beds, and we have to keep our BDSM equipment out for the regular swing nights. So you say there's 8,000 people in Ottawa at the moment. Signed up. That's not including the people who are too shy to go to a club, uh, too worried about their position. And and I talk to a lot of these people privately who are just like, oh, I'm really up in the finance world. I cannot ever go to the club, hold a masquerade party. Maybe I'll attend, things like that. But yeah, there are a lot of swingers in, in each city, not just Ottawa, but well, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. You know, Hillary lives in London, and of course, that's a smaller community, and there's Toronto, Vancouver, and all those. Do you have a, a sense of per capita which city or which community has the most swingers, and is it related to anything about that community? Like, this is a government town here in Ottawa, so is there a relation to I'm government I'm there's workers? higher BDSM for the government workers. Hello, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What? People in power uh, love to submit. Oh, okay. And, yeah, just give it all up. And, and, Interesting. Uh, yeah, and, and again, this is just me guessing. I don't have anything to back this up, but, uh, you know, th- there's uh, eight clubs in Toronto, maybe another seven or eight in Montreal. You know, Ottawa has kind of struggled to get that foothold, uh, to get a decent club. Uh, there was a time when we had a few. On the, At one point, I can remember there being four operating. And it's it's just not, uh, I guess, because everybody works in the government. Everybody works like one job, right? Everyone's a teacher. Everyone's in the government. Every, people are a little more shy to, to come out and, and get it. I think I'm pretty proud of the 8,000 number, considering like the size yeah, of Ottawa. Yeah, do you think there's more sexual tourism because you, you feel able to play two towns over? Like- there's a make up like two or three percent of our membership is people who are just like drive up from Toronto once a month to swing here because they don't want anybody in Toronto to recognize them. Yeah. Things like that. It, it's a small percentage. Here's Do you a, think a lot of Ottawa people go to Montreal? <laughs> Absolutely. I was about to say Absolutely. that. I have a private Facebook account for like members and uh, yeah, people announce when they're going to be out of town in Toronto and Montreal and uh, Montreal being closer, but they don't have any alcohol in the clubs in uh, Montreal. That's the thing. So more people I think go to Toronto. Hmm. Yeah, Hillary, there's so, there's a story that circulates here in Ottawa that has become almost folklore, um, and it goes like this. There's a suburb in, that I live in in uh, Ottawa called Stittsville, and in Stittsville, the, the rumor is that we are just full, ripe, full of swingers, and they say that if the garage is open to crack, that means a swinger halfway. can go uh, halfway. Yeah. That means a swinger is welcome to walk into their house, that whoever's in the house is good to go. And that has been a rumor that has been circulating forever yeah. in Stittsville. So I have to ask <laughs> you, Mark, to dispel this rumor or, or, or confirm this rumor. 
I've never experienced it. I've been in Stittsville. We have a lot of members in Stittsville. I mean, people have to fill out our application, our um, release forms. And uh, there are a fair number, but I've never encountered this garage door thing. And I've been invited to home swinger parties. Garage door, if there is one, always firmly shut. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I've you never... know what, Sandra? We have the same thing here. There's similar rumors. So in London, it's those metal stars on the side of houses. <laughs> those metal like farm stars <laughs> really? that's a thing that's the rumor and then in one of the small oh. towns it's anyone with a pineapple on their front lo- like on their front doorstep that's oh. so the no see, i feel like that's but it, it's a bad rap for swingers it's like anytime you do that you can just waltz in and have sex with whoever you want i don't i've been I'd, to the garden center the only people buying that crab are like 104 <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't some... mean a thing. It does not mean a thing. <laughs> well, bring the lube. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a hard no mark on that rumor then? Yeah, I, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Again, I think nothing just... to back it up, but uh, yeah. All right. Because it so, seems so foreign, there's always some sort of rumor or, or thing that people talk about because we all want to think that there's like a seedy underbelly, but it's not an underbelly. It's just like if people want to do it, they want to do it. It could have been in the 70s. I mean, now it's so much easier to just post something online than it is to go to the, the I guess, Richie Garden Center here and buy a star and a pineapple. Right. And <laughs> also, like, just because you're, you're a swinger doesn't mean you want to not choose who you're going to swing with. Well, yeah, that's another thing, too. Yeah, just because you're a swinger doesn't mean you're going to sleep with anybody. And, uh, you know, people have gone on my Facebook and tried to add my friends, every female friend, thinking that just because they were friends with me, that the they were now easy. And uh, I get a lot of messages where people say, hey, do you know this guy? He started messaging me out of the blue. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a club member. Don't worry, I'll take care of that. And I have to delete somebody. I've had to actually make my friends list private because... You know, I do know a, a mountain of vanilla people. I've been involved in other businesses, and uh, not everybody that I know is a swinger. I was telling Mark before we started recording the podcast that there's a big part of me, Hills, that would love to go to a swingers club to see it, but it would be so disrespectful, I think, to show up and be just a voyeur and not with any intention of being part of the community, just as, you know, like... A... You just want to see it because you think it's a spectacle, not yeah. like... I just, I just want to see it because the like exhibitionists would disagree with you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to see it because I mean, I think we're all curious about the swinging lifestyle. And mm-hmm. the other thing about the swinging lifestyle is that they could be your neighbor. They could, I mean, they're they're no different. They're just maybe um, just more open in their relationships, and maybe they've had those honest right. conversations that we don't all necessarily have with our partners. So, Sandra, so, yeah. is it more about like you want to be in on the gossip? Of who's doing what. <laughs> like, I feel like that's more your vibe. Like, you want to know, somebody has a secret and I want to know it. <laughs> I just, kind of, yeah, I suppose so. And I just, again, I want to dispel all of these these notions I have of what a swinger club is like. I bet if I walked in there, like you say, it's business in the front, party in the back. It would be just like any other nightclub, original, initially anyway. Yeah, yeah, except somebody may walk by naked. I have, th- there's that. Well, yeah. there's half <laughs> naked at most clubs. And I've seen that's some blowjobs on dance floors in my there day. you go. Yeah. See? Oh, yeah, I've seen a lot of things at I, regular clubs. I've never seen live sex in front of me. That's not mm. something I've ever seen before. I don't I don't know if I want to see it. I'm just I'm curious though. I I'll, I'll cop to that for sure. Yeah, I I don't know if I could have I don't know if I could ever have sex in a public setting though. Even though I don't semi-public. Ha- uh, semi-public. Se- yeah. That's right. Fair enough. But you know, again, all I ever would do is starfish anyway, so I guess I don't have to do much. <laughs> just lie there and do what, you know. 
Oh, you what? don't want a starfish. Well, why? That's my. That's all I know, Mark. That's your signature move. Well, you're not going to meet anybody else. <laughs> Let's just discount you right I'll there. Just, it's like, so, oh, no. I, I'll just be starfishing in the middle of the room alone? Well, you could yeah, just yeah, say you're into BDSM <laughs> and get tied down and then just not really struggle that much. I'd be well, the only one that. who goes in the back room to have a nap. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. My pleasure. You, you really, I, I just love this conversation. And right. uh, um, I don't know what to add except uh, the website. If anybody who's listening anyway in Ottawa or the surrounding area wants more information about uh, your club, what's the website? Myobsession.ca. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks for being so open and honest. Thank you very much for having me. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss 1053. Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 1053. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, the quick and the dirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find the quick and the dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.